Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Esterworld podcast. With me again today is the one and only Quinn. How's it going, Quinn? Oh, it's going great. How are you, Mark? I'm doing Nobody fantastic. ever asks how you are. Usually people do, but you, what oh, are you going to do is say, like, no, and then, like, have a whole downward spiral. But no, I'm actually doing very well. Um, so I thought the first thing to just kind of jump right in, unless there's anything you wanted to talk about, because I recently saw this on a OrlandoParkStop.com, are the, and I don't know if you've seen or if you've read into it at all, but the rumors for the, there's there are rumors that there's going to be a new Lion King ride in Animal Kingdom between, uh, I think it's called where Pizza Safari is, and the uh, Lion King uh, show that they have over in Africa. Uh, did you come across that? Or I retweeted it on Twitter this morning. I didn't read the article. I just saw the I just saw the rumor. Um, so they're going to keep the Lion King show, though. Well, that's what I'm. I thought. Well, the first thing I thought was interesting is that they're saying, and again, I'm going off of the Orlando Park stop. If I'm understanding it correctly, that it says the permit describes, or no, wrong part that it's going to be between the Pizza Fari restaurant and the existing Lion King show. But I'm pretty sure that um, there's like that big channel of water, that big waterway. Mm-hmm. It, I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's where the Pizza Fari is. So I'd be curious if that means that they were planning on getting rid of that portion of the little river that they have. I mean, I would be down to get rid of a little portion of river for a Lion King ride. I wouldn't be against that. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense in a way because I don't know how much you know about um, Animal Kingdom, but the whole reason why there's that river there um, was because the park opened with a – I always get the name wrong, but I think it was called the Discovery River Boats or the Discovery Boat Cruise. I always get the name wrong, but it was like a – it only lasted a year or two. Um, it had to do with – the whole beastly kingdom thing. Cause there was like a tease for the land. Um, and that was really like the only exciting portion for the most part. It was just a really slow tour around the parks, part of the park that you would normally walk around anyways. Um, they had like an Aladar animatronic that was like really cool until it was removed. And then it ended up in Disneyland Paris rotting away. And the other highlight was like going by the beastly kingdom, um, dragon cave and, the geysers but all that's gone or it's still there but it's overgrown and the geysers haven't worked in years so it almost makes sense if they were to remove that part of the river because they're literally not doing anything with it and the stuff that was part of the boat ride is just kind of rotting there the geysers and the cave is all overgrown i've been to animal kingdom twice and only once as a you know adult but so i can't i can't picture exactly where we're talking about but um, I, th- I still, th- I mean, we, I think I literally mentioned this on last week's podcast, how like exactly how it was bizarre that there is no Lion King ride and there never has been. Um, but even when right, you think about it, it's even crazier that when they were making animal kingdom, how do you not have a flagship attraction based around the Lion King? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it seems like such a strange they're... decision to not. Well, part of it, I think think is and I don't want to be I, I could be 100% wrong but I feel like part of it was because the, um, 
I'm going to think before I say, I'm trying to think how many like IP based experiences there were. I know there was Dinosaur, but initially that was not tied to the movie at all. The only reason they tied it to the movie was because, you know, Eisner wanted to tie it to the movie. Sure. So there wasn't even supposed to be an Aladar animatronic. So I'm trying to think. I honestly don't think, and I could be wrong, so anyone who's listening is screaming at the mic, uh, their computer right now, that there weren't really any IP-based experiences, um, except maybe a tough to be a bug, or it's tough to be a bug. I think that was there from the beginning. How, but how it, old is the Lion King show that's there now? That's a good question. Uh, I think it, man, this is out of my, it's funny, like, when it's subjects that I haven't done, like, an episode on, I'm more um, vague about the details, because I know the Lion King show used to be, I feel like it used to be in the Magic Kingdom, and then it went to where um, Beastly Kingdom was supposed to go in the Mickey's, oh, what was it called? Let's see. Where Pandora is now. I just pulled up a a list of opening day attractions. Um, So, yeah, the Lion King show was there. Uh, It's tough to be a bug. Uh, Pocahontas and her forest friends. I don't don't know what that is. Um, Do you know what that is? Yeah, I remember. It was 11 years ago. So I think there were, I mean, so obviously there were shows that were IP-based. Oh, yeah, no, no ride from what I can see. Was was It's Tough to Be a Bug there? Yeah. I guess that's technically a show. So I think as far as attractions, they were all, you know, original ideas. So I think that's why, um, if I were to guess, why they never had. And it really, the, you know, the park was never a dark ride kind of thing. Well, I guess they had Dinosaur. That's where it's tough talking about Animal Kingdom because – what it ended up being versus what it was supposed to be are two very different things. Um, the whole dinosaur area was wasn't like it wasn't initially like this carnival kind of cheesy um, kitty area. Like it was a kids area, but it had more. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't quite as I hate using the word cheesy, but it seemed like it had more grit to it. Like the the coaster, um, the primeval uh, twirl. Man, I'm getting all these names wrong. Forgive me, everyone, for getting these names <laughs> wrong. But the ride in the dinosaur area where you're on the uh, coaster and it spins as you're on the track, that was very different, and it was more along the lines of um, Thunder Mountain. So I guess when I say that, though, like, you know, when I bring up, it's crazy to me they didn't open with a Lion King. You know, I mean, if sure, they had the show, but if the Animal Kingdom was a park being built now, you know oh, yeah. damn well that Lion King would be there would be a Lion King land you know what I mean I guess it's just it's so much so much has changed in the last <laughs> yeah. 20 some years um but I just it's, Which it's unimaginable well, than look, building a park like that today yeah and like uh, I'd have to look and see if this is confirmed or not but I know the big rumor has been that the Rafiki's uh, I always forget the name of it the Planet Rafiki's, Watch yeah, that that's going to become like a Zootopia because that closed earlier last year. See, I heard um, that it I, I could be wrong, but I heard that it closed, but it's opening back up like they're doing. It's still going to be called Rafiki's Planet Watch and everything, but they're just doing a complete like overhaul of it. This is where we need like a like a Joe Rogan, Jamie, you know, like Jamie every, every episode. Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, pull it um yeah, I, I don't know. I keep hearing that it's going to be Zootopia or Zootopia at the very least is somewhere. But that. That, but that's really all the parks right now. Like, look at Epcot. I know we talked about it last 
week, so we don't have to talk about it again, but how everything's becoming more IP-based, and Animal Kingdom, Pandora, and there's always rumors about Indiana Jones, and then the Zootopia, and then if Lion King um, comes. But I will say up front, I am 100% down, because Lion King is my absolute favorite Disney animated film Um and I love that movie so much. So the idea of it being like a really cool dark ride, if it's done well, if it's done cheaply and slapped together, which is what I'd be afraid of, because if they're trying to get it out on or around, well, there's no way. That's that what I was going to say. Out. It feels odd that they're just developing this now. I mean, I guess I guess not so much. You would have thought that I, I do hope it's centered around the animated movie. I would sure hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope so. But I, it feels weird they wouldn't have tried to get it out prior or around the release date because at this point it wouldn't it couldn't come out before next no. year, late next year probably, right? Like, yeah, I mean, unless and again, I'm not sure. I know there's like a permit filed according to the article on um, Orlando Park Stop. Um, uh, what was it? There was a document filed about it, and it just says, "What does it say?" It says. Bah, bah, bah. The description is to provide labor, material, and slash or electric, electrical for construction. So it doesn't have to be a dark. I mean, I would love it for it to be a dark ride. And I know there have been rumors about that for a long time. But um, I don't know. For all we know, it could just be like a raptor encounter kind of thing. But with Mufasa, who knows, you know, or Scar, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it necessarily would be a full on dark ride. Because that goes back to what I meant is that between Pizza Fari and uh, the Lion King show is just that river. So I just have, even though it's been unused for so many years, and I totally see why they would get rid of it because it's just a really cool remnant of the past because you can still see the cave and you see the the dragon waterfall and the geysers. Um, that's a pretty big section to have to like got out the water and, everything, and, yeah. and pave it and that would be i mean i'm sure they'd have to close that entire section so it doesn't it doesn't seem like it'd be any small feat for it to be like a full-blown dark ride so i just if this had come out like a year and a half ago when the rumors of a live action but not really live action line came king had come out i'd be more like oh yeah maybe i could see that happening but it, with it being so close to the movie I don't know. It seems like weird timing. Um, well, maybe they're expecting the permit, a huge yeah. Lion King resurgence, you know? I mean, Lion King's an attraction you could open up any time in the past 30 years, and it would have been just as, or 20-some years, and it would have been just as popular. You know, like, it's not like Lion King yeah. has ever went away. Um, so it's still not a right. bad time to release it, even if it comes out a year after the movie. You just think they'd want to, you know, yeah. they'd want to release it right in, in limbo with that. But I do hope it's a, it's tied to the film and not or the original animated film and not the n- not imagine. animated, not live action, actually animated so. film. Because if they do, I, I would assume it'd be like how, I forget, I think it's Shanghai, it might be Tokyo, that they're making or um, that they're working on a Beauty and the Beast attraction that looks, mm-hmm. the animatronics look absolutely amazing. And so that's not based off the live action version, that's based off the cartoon. So it's a kind of a similar, I guess, in a weird way. And maybe it could come out like later on because Beauty and the Beast, the live action one, came out quite a while ago. And so maybe that's their plan is to kind of do that same format where maybe a year or two after this one comes out, 
then we get the dark ride of Lion King. Well, that's what I mean. Um, if, so that, if they did center it around the live action movie, I mean, that would be a huge misstep in my opinion. Like the Beauty and the Beast yeah. remake, it made an obscene amount of money, but it's all been all but forgotten. What two years right. later? Because it was inferior to the original. It wasn't bad. But right. I, I mean, there probably are people out there, but most people are not going to choose that over the original. Um, yeah, and it's easier, and it's just easier to make a like a figure out of sure. you know the ba- the baby um, uh, Simba versus trying to make like a photorealistic figure, you know, because that's the whole point of the new Lion King is that it's like photorealistic CGI. So that'd be really weird to try to replicate that in terms of animatronics or figures um so i would put my money on the fact that it'll be based off the the original animation so then if this if this does come a reality then all they need to do is an aladdin one and like all of my dark ride fantasies come true pun and not intended like the fantasy land dark rides of like it. my favorite <laughs> disney movies i was like dark ride fantasy sounds like a like a like a terrible novel or something but it does yeah um, but yeah, because Aladdin, I, I mentioned it last time, I've always thought Aladdin would make an incredible attraction called like the Cave of Wonders. Like, it, you know, it starts out all amazing with the treasure. And, Do you think and Aladdin has the, has the same like staying power as Lion King? Because I, I don't actually. I mean, I, I think so in a way, because look at the <clears throat> in a California Adventure, they had the show over... Um, near the Tower of Terror for I don't know how many years. And even when it closed, it was still insanely popular. They only closed it because they wanted to put in, a, I think it's Frozen, mm-hmm. uh, like a Frozen show. So I think it could, especially if, well, I guess it depends on the new one, especially because, you know, there's so much... Mm, controversy. Not, I don't want to say controversy, but like just... I mean, everything's being, controversial you know. now. I mean, that word that word can be used for anything now. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess I didn't, it's funny because as a kid and people are going to hate to hear this, but as a kid, I never saw the original Lion King or Aladdin, but I had the Lion King two, uh, and I had the Lion King one and a half and I had Aladdin like revenge of Jafar or something. It was, mm-hmm. they, they were all direct to video and I, that was all I watched as a kid and I loved them, but I never actually saw the originals until like a few years ago which is probably like sacrilege but eh, different different time periods They're like for me i grew up on it but that's because i remember specifically when it came out and it was just a huge deal and even aladdin they had like an aladdin on ice show i remember going to but i i think it could i think especially if they didn't do it if they made it less super dependent on the actual cartoon animated movie where it's just like the cave of wonders and you know that's to me that's just made for an oh yeah you're right you know Once, and then everything yeah. goes to chaos and then maybe you have the genie try to i think i said like a like a combination of like roger rabbit and um like indiana jones where the genie's kind of helping you along the way or whatever but um i don't know where it would go probably magic kingdom but that's the other thing is people are saying you know if they do a lion king ride it should go in magic kingdom it shouldn't go to animal kingdom because kind of what you brought up earlier um you know it's starting to lose well not lose but it's going it seems to go in the direction that 
of the IP direction, you know, like, you know, if there is a um, I don't, Zootopia I don't mind land that, though. And, you know, I mean, how do you feel about that? I don't mind it as long as they have a balance of both. I'm I'm totally fine because, again, I love Lion King. I enjoyed Zootopia. Kids loved it. Had a great message. Um, as long as they don't do like, oh, we're changing the uh, Kilimanjaro Safari into, I don't know, you know, something that was some like super IP Jumanji based. with the rock. Yeah. If they bought the rights to it and, you know, the rocks your guide and. I don't know if something like that, then yeah, I'd probably be upset because I love that that it's a place where you can do that kind of stuff, where you can go through the different um, not tours, but the uh, like different pathways and see like real tigers and different animals. And I love that aspect of Animal Kingdom because I've I've really I really don't like zoos for whatever reason. They just they really depress me, and it sounds like super cliche, but they legitimately do. And it's not like a I don't know. It just I don't know why they do. They they're so confined, and um, it just always depresses me going to zoos. But Animal Kingdom, I guess it's because they put so much work into um, you know replicating their natural habitat, and they have so much space, and it's just done in a way. And I know there are some people that still see Animal Kingdom as just a big corporate zoo, but for some reason. I don't feel like depressed when I go to Animal Kingdom and do the safari or go through the trails and see tigers and all the birds and everything. So, yeah, if they keep the balance, that's all I care about. Like, keep some of that, but don't have everything turn into an IP, you know? Well, it's like, in my opinion, Animal Kingdom is definitely the second least park in need of attention. You know, like Magic Kingdom obviously is in good shape right now. Uh, and Animal Kingdom's in pretty solid shape, too. And then you have Epcot and Hollywood Studios, where, you know, in a year, Hollywood Studios is probably going to be the most popular park, I would right. imagine. And Epcot's still going to kind of be the the little orphan child that needs some attention. But right, I, I, I will be surprised if this Lion King ride turns out to be something, like, really, like, grand. I, I'm kind of expecting just a... You know, not that there's anything wrong with this ride, but something like the Pooh ride at Disneyland that's it just I, I don't know. I like dark rides, but do you know what I mean by that ride? Like it's just very I don't know. I don't know, because I, I actually do enjoy the Winnie the Pooh dark ride. Um to me that's like pretty much what I would well maybe if it was longer and more like the Well, I mean all the it, figures guess, are static and I don't know. Oh, I see. What I don't you mean, really, yeah. I don't really love that aspect of it. Yeah, and there's not much of a narrative, I guess. It kind of jumps from different scenes. Well, in the old Fantasyland um, rides have the charm where if they are static figures, it's like, okay, this is a 70-year-old ride, so there's the charm there. Versus that one, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that ride. I'm not a diehard Pooh fan, believe it or not. I know you are, Mark. Um, uh, you know me. <laughs> I love I love that Winnie. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, that's actually a good question, or a good point i'm I'm honestly not sure if they would go the the static figure route or if they would actually take the time and make some really great like simba and mufasa scar animatronics and that could be great though like imagine the what is it it's i just can't wait to be king like imagine that scene like done really well and you could just like i mean it wouldn't have to be a narrative i would prefer with that ride it's more of like a you know they have one scene there then you have the scene uh 
with Pumbaa and Timon and Simba crossing the bridge and singing uh, Hakuna Matata. Like you can't have, can you have a Lion King ride and not do that? I feel like you couldn't. Probably not. Couldn't, you couldn't have just a. I mean, you could have a straight narrative. I'm sure it'd be great. But wouldn't you want to see all eras of the Lion King when they finally do a ride on it? Yeah, I mean, if they were, I would see. I could see it being. I guess maybe in a in a Winnie the Pooh kind of form where maybe less of a narrative, but just kind of going through the iconic scenes. Like first, it's the you know can't wait to be king, and then it's Timon and Pumbaa, and then maybe it ends with a. I don't know, maybe it would have to be more of a narrative to, or actually a good example, I think if it were more like The Little Mermaid, um, that would be a great blend of dark ride and technology. And it still manages to tell the story of um, Little Mermaid and the animatronics are pretty good. So that'd be like my, I guess, But that ride works for, for me because it actually has, I mean, I, I, I don't dislike, the. <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion on the pool ride, I guess. Um it's just not something, if I were at Disneyland by myself or with a friend, I wouldn't be like, we got to hit up Pooh's Honey Hunt. Like, that's the yeah, flag. Like I, this, it would, this, this is the attraction of all the attractions. Like, you're trying to sell today. someone on, like, the theme park obsession, and that's not what I'm going to show them. Like, that's a ride where it's like, I walk by it, and it's a five-minute wait, and I'm like, eh, all right, it's 95 degrees right. out, let's get out of the sun. Um, but I, I don't know. I would just hope the Lion King, because it works for Pooh, because Pooh is like a, you know, a t- you, it was, I remember it as like a TV show and, you know, versus the Lion King, I feel like you got to give it a little more than that. It's an IP was worth, like the, the ride captures the spirit of Pooh, I, I guess, <laughs> versus the Lion King could do with a much more in-depth attraction. I think that's the, what the new name should be, the Spirit of Pooh. The Spirit of Pooh? I would go on the Spirit yeah. of Pooh, like a it Halloween be, it overlay. Taken, yeah, Pooh's, Pooh's cranky spirit. You've, that could be taken so many ways. You've seen that, haven't you, where you're riding on Pooh, and if you turn around at a certain point, they have like the the heads from the Country Bear yeah. Jamboree like bar up on the wall. Yep. Super creepy. Yeah, it's always... It's, it's one of those things where I, I don't know if when they were doing it if they realized how creepy because like oh it's a nice homage to it but this the fact that they're lifelessly on the wall is kind of a little bit creepy well i just wonder how many people have noticed it that didn't know what it was because then it would really be like what yeah. is that if you turned around it's creepy enough it. to me knowing the, like the context of why they're there but if you're just you just turn around and there's uh three mounted deer up on the wall doesn't really fit the fit the poo spirit i guess that's true i don't know i guess i i'm trying to i guess it's because you'd really have to no you do you have to crane your neck are there talking deer that's my question are there talking deer in the poo universe like are there deer that they're friends with because then it makes the whole thing so much darker then then it would be like as if they put their one of their neighbors on on that's pretty dark isn't it yeah, I don't know. I guess Christopher, uh, Christopher Robin would have to have a deer stuffed animal because, you know, they're all based on. That's true, but like sure. the shows I watched as a kid, there were all these other characters that would show up, you know? Like, I don't know the context, but I mean, as a kid, there was like. It was like the Power Rangers, where it was like every other week a Pooh show would get canceled and then they would announce another one, and then that show would get canceled and then another one would show up. At least that's how it felt to me. Right. Like, you know, Scooby Doo has like 14 different. Yeah, series yeah. that go on all the time 
Not that they're making them all at the same time, but as a kid, you don't know. Um, but I bet at some point in time there's been a deer. So one another thing I was going to bring up, um, and I only just – I'm kind of late to the party. I only watched it this morning. But I was curious if you've seen the new Frozen trailer and then also if you are a fan of Frozen, um, you know, what you thought of it compared to the first one. I did see the new trailer – um as to whether i'm a fan of frozen i've seen the movie like 30 times not not by choice necessarily um like my younger sister when it came out was like obsessed with it um so i saw it as every every yeah I, I mean that's not a it's not wasn't a cult underground movie she was into but right yeah i had to see it all the time i remember really liking it when i first saw it i mean by about the 22nd time wasn't as into it um but it was it, i mean I, I don't know at that point the movie just becomes like a you have it memorized but i liked it when it came out i, I wasn't like a frozen hater like some right. people were yeah so then, since you, because I've I've honestly only seen it, I think twice, and I actually I enjoy it. You know, I thought it was a pretty fun movie. I'm not part of the I hate Frozen. I do agree it got kind of ridiculous, and obviously there's nothing you can do about it. But how it was just everywhere. Um, but I I thought it was a really well made Disney film, and I thought most of the songs were catchy, and I liked it. Um, so what did you think of the? like the tone of the new one like i wanted seen to bring so that up times, because you know? when i was watching the trailer which the trailer had no dialogue or anything but i was kind of shocked i was actually kind of shocked because i was expecting not a by the numbers trailer necessarily but as far as like the aesthetic and everything right. i was expecting it to be exactly the same you know like it's winter yeah, in arendelle here. and this you know i saw a tweet from uh <laughs> from jenny nicholson that was just like uh you know if we were still in the era of direct to dvd sequels which was me growing up when they would just pump out all these terrible sequels to you know they were like i mean now it'd be sacrilege they were putting out sequels to movies like dumbo you know 70 years after the fact um but she was saying like if we were still in that era like what do you think the what do you think the plot would be and she was right the plot would be something like Olaf's got a new girlfriend or uh, Han's evil brother shows up. So I I wasn't expecting that necessarily, but I was expecting something like that, you know, just very standard Disney sequel safe. So when I saw that, like even that opening scene when she's like, you know, doing the Frozone moves across the the sea, Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that. Everything, I I was shocked how little Olaf there was. Like, I think they show Olaf for like one scene for like a second um, I don't really know what to make of it because there's, there's no and there was no dialogue. That, that's what was weird. And what do you think of the the theory that the this trailer was only released because of the backlash to the Aladdin trailer, and they just wanted to push something else out, and that's why it was a no dialogue. Hmm. You know, which I really liked that, but it wasn't a traditional trailer by any means, especially for a movie like Frozen Two. I hadn't thought of that, but I. I guess it's hard to say because I know with animation, it's not like with live action where I feel like it'd be easier to go in the studio and be like, quick, throw something together. With the animation, it would have to be like the completed scenes, you know, like, or at least mostly. Com- no, they. But if I they mean, have they, those scenes done, why couldn't they thing. just make a trailer with a collection of scenes they have done and throw some music in the background, you know? 
Because that's what the trailer that's was. True. And it was great. I liked that more than the, uh, you know, the the just generic trailer nowadays where, like, the trailer back in the day used to have the, the deep voice guy in a world, and it was always the same exact right. trailer. Nowadays, every trailer is just, you know, something is coming, blah, 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 blah. And then after the title yeah. shows up, there's, like, a funny quip with the funny character at the end. Yeah, they're very structured. And this one really was different where it was more of a, I think it was a good example of what a teaser trailer should be where it wasn't, I was expecting like the kind of thing where it would be a 10 second, kind of like what you said, uh, like a, a joke with Olaf where he's trying to do something and then on and Elsa pop in the picture for a second and then it just goes frozen to coming in theaters. And oh, you're right. That was, it was just whatever. a teaser trailer. I thought that was an actual trailer. I mean, it was long for a teaser trailer. I thought. Yeah. That's why I was pleasantly surprised because it kept going. I'm like, oh, this is actually, there's some meat here. Um, to me, I was just surprised the most at the tone because it didn't have that. It felt very, like, epic, no, I guess, I in a weird so way. Too. Where it was just so wide, like, from the shots of the ocean to the um, the forests. And but it's hard to know, like, you know, I could probably take a movie like Dumb and Dumber 2 and make a teaser trailer that made this film seem like an epic Lord of the Rings style adventure if I just used the right scenes with the right music in the background. So you really don't know, I don't think. I get what you mean, though, because the music did really set, like, a completely different tone, and and the visuals, too. But what I'm saying is it was a... And and it did... Well, something I thought is it showed a lot without showing anything. Like, there was so... Mm -hmm. I mean, more than... I mean, I, I actually didn't realize it was just a teaser trailer. I think the... I think the one I watched said it was just a trailer. Um... But it's kind of shocking how much footage they actually showed for a teaser trailer. But still, like, it's been a problem lately, and it's still a problem. It was worse a few years ago where these teaser trailers and trailers will show the entire movie in the trailer. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I don't need to see the movie now. That's why I don't even really watch trailers. I, I mean, I will for things like this, but for the most part, I don't. Like, I'll watch the initial teaser and then maybe like the first trailer. And then usually I don't watch any of the others because by the end, they end up pretty much spoiling the entire movie. Every great set piece, every great scene and moments between the characters are like if it's a comedy, they show the best comedic parts. Um, so I'm not a huge trailer person anymore because they do tend to ruin so much. But I like that they, I guess I'm hoping that the tone matches the trailer. Because if that's the case, that's really cool that they were able to get across the tone of the entire movie and not have a single word of dialogue. And you really don't know what it's about. And it just seems very different. Um, I think it's, again, just going off the trailer, it seems that they could have taken the easier route and done something kind of like the Frozen short that was attached to Coco, but like on a longer length. Yeah, that's exactly what I was expecting. So I'm hoping they do something different. It just gave me a different, like it gave me a bunch of different vibes from different movies like Lord of the Rings, like when Sam and Frodo are on the mountain and they're overlooking their journey. And then in this one, it was, you know, Anna and Elsa and uh, what's his face looking over the forest. And yeah, so I thought the tone was interesting. But the other thing I thought was interesting, and I saw a few comments about it, and it's something I've always wondered with Pixar movies. And I was curious to get your thoughts it's it's one thing when you have like the jungle book where the cgi was photorealistic and i thought that was I, there were there are scenes that still 
from that movie blow my mind that to think that it was all on a green screen. But it works because it's with live action actors. But where I think it's getting interesting is that like the ocean and the shore of the ocean looked photorealistic. Like it, it looked amazing. And even though Elsa looked great, you know, um, she was still, you know, she's a cartoon. She has a cartoonish figure and face and eyes. So I think it's interesting. And I've noticed that with Toy Story as well, that, you know, where's that line between making the environment photorealistic and then the characters? No, you're right. It's kind of blurring you know, together almost. Yeah, because you can't make, you know, you always see those memes where it's like, they take a, a character from like The Simpsons or some other show and they make like a sculpture of what they would look like as a photorealistic person. And it's terrifying because, you know, with Disney, their eyes are bigger and the facial features work in a cartoony way, but they, they would not work as a photorealistic human. Um, so I just wonder if that's going to be too much of a contrast when you have these environments that are super amazingly real, realistic, like The Jungle Book. But then the characters are are, are uh, cartoony, and you can do the fabric and you can do the hair, you know, one way. But in terms of like their faces and their, um, you know, hands and feet and all that, those kind of things that are always exaggerated. Um, like, where do you think, you know, they always say there's the uncanny valley, you know, with CGI, like um, Grandmaster uh, or Tarkin from um, Rogue One where that was took me out every time I saw him because it just seemed so off. Um, but do you think, where do you think that's going to be with animation in terms of the background versus the characters in the terms of photorealism? I mean, I get what you mean, but I felt with the Frozen 2 trailer, like the only time it threw me off was like the first scene. And I don't know if I just got used to it by the time I was onto the second scene or the first scene was just more jarring than the other ones. Um, but I feel like we're almost, I get what you mean because you're right, like the lines are, blurring where it's like really what's the truth is really what's the difference between frozen and the lion king movie coming out like they're both animation or you you know like a form of animation um but i don't know like it's like when you think back to the movies from when we were kids like a lot of those movies i mean there were some monstrosities in there um but they all had like distinct art art styles you know like where, like, the characters a lot of the times were completely different from how the backgrounds were drawn. That happened, like, a lot. Where That's true. And I feel like now yeah. they're not... I mean, Disney's not going to come up with a whole movie where the art style doesn't completely doesn't work. Like, take you take Moana, which I thought looked amazing the first time I saw it. Um, the first and only time I saw it. Um, and that movie had some crazy realistic, like, water and mm-hmm. sand and, you know, the beach they were on. And that all worked. Like, I feel like they just, they're going to have to tweak it. You would hope that they wouldn't make a full movie, especially with how much work goes into a movie like that, with something like that. I get what your point is, though. It is kind of funny how you have the Jungle Book that has photorealistic backgrounds and, you know, real people and, or Mm -hmm. person. Um, Yeah, because, yeah, it was really, I mean... it really was only the first scene that threw me off, but I and I'll I'll have to go through and kind of I only watched it once earlier today. But I'd be curious to go through it a little closer uh, with looking at that aspect. But I just think it's interesting because, like in something like Toy Story, again, you can only make the toys so photorealistic before it just kind of looks off 
but the environments are getting more and more photorealistic. Um, so I think it's it's one of those things where maybe it, it, the I don't know it, it'll just have to be a balancing act between the two because then you wouldn't want it to seem like like if you were to shoot a um, you know a real forest and stick a CGI character it would look kind of weird. So maybe there's still a bit of cartoon elements they're able to put in there to keep it from being like it sticks out, you know, like a sore thumb. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's almost. It's just like I remember. It's really crazy how far things have come in, you know, ten, fifteen years. Like, uh, you know, I don't remember when Shark Tale came out, but it wasn't much more than ten years ago. And you look at a movie like that now, and it looks awful. You know, right. nothing's ever gonna look that bad again coming from something like Disney. So I feel like it's almost like even worrying about that. Like I feel like Disney probably knows what they're doing there it's like it's so weird to me and this was something that some people probably aren't gonna like this opinion but like when i saw the incredibles 2 right i thought Mm -hmm. it was great i thought it looked amazing not this opinion i think most people liked it um but i thought it was really really good and i didn't remember the first movie looking that much different because i hadn't seen it since i was a kid and i watched it when i got home and i was shocked how not bad but how how like there was a huge contrast in animation quality between the two like if you go back and watch the hmm. first one after watching the second one it's like especially stuff in the background that's just like not really detailed or anything and it's like i don't know it's just i, I think part of that's like your childhood blurring it because you don't notice that stuff as a kid and you know most adults probably didn't notice it at the time because that was the that was this i mean incredibles was looked great when it came out well, you, but you look at toy story and um like i think Again, I was playing Kingdom Hearts, and it was crazy to me to think that the graphics in Kingdom Hearts, um, not counting the cinematics, but like the actual gameplay graphics, are better than the original Toy Story. Because if you watch, I think it was a year or so ago, I watched the original Toy Story on my like um, TV Blu-ray, and it was just crazy. Because again, it's it's the same thing with video games. How when you play an old game from your childhood sometimes it doesn't match the way you remember it but so many of the textures in toy story just are so blurry or they're not perfectly round and and again like it was you know obviously they did the best they could and even then it was like groundbreaking but it's crazy to go back and look at the original toy story and just see how far along animation has come you know when they're showing the floors there's just hardly any textures on them and it's just really interesting to go back and look at it where at the time it was just so mind-blowing to see something like that, you know, feature length, you know, it was kind of like the, like what Snow White did for cartoons that did for animation, for CGI, you know, at the time it was just, oh, it'll be, it's a good for like shorts and for like, you know, a, a spaceship, but it wouldn't work as a feature length. And then it did. But when you go back and look at how, the graphics were back then it's just a crazy contrast between how it is today and just how much detail there is in you know in, in all the clothes and her woody's outfit and buzz and everything. but i feel like those movies don't show their like the hand-drawn animated movies don't show their mm-hmm. age in the same way at all it's like it's like yeah, when no. you when you play like early 3d games you know they look horrible mm-hmm. but you can go back and play an 8-bit game and it still looks good because they were working within, you know, 
the confines of what an 8-bit can do and still can do. There's no moving past that. But once they got into the 3D thing, they still were kind of floundering. And not to say Toy Story looks anything like bad tie-in games. It's just that's what that's this that's a really good comparison i think or it's a really equal comparison like yeah it's the same concept yeah because yeah because you go back and you look at you know i think you'd you'd notice it with like a snow white like there's a pretty big difference in terms of the detail and the animation there but even but it's not as huge and even i think with that maybe it's more because you know cgi can always get better it can always get more realistic whereas when hand-drawn animation reached a point, it really, you know, that's that's kind of it. Like what you said with 8-bit graphics, like they're, I don't know, it's just a, I, I see what you mean. I'm trying to, having a hard time um, saying uh, what I'm trying to get at. I just don't want to come off like I think, I think just, Toy Story looks medium. horrible or anything. I just, there was, the, no, it does, CGI almost yeah. has, I mean, there's going to be a limit, sure, um, but it's much more than something like, you know, hand-drawn animation. It's just like how, talented as the artist almost and how how right, how much are they yeah. paying attention like, you know what i mean like snow white you know at that point in time i'm sure the standards for drawing you know hand-drawn animation were way lower than they were you know 30 40 years later um so anything like that and i i guess i i don't think i've sat down and watched snow white since i was a kid so i actually really can't comment on it in my in my mind it looks good but i i haven't seen it in forever oh, it does. like and because I, when I was doing um, my Snow White video, I found myself watching, because I hadn't seen it in a while, so I was going through a lot of the movie on Blu-ray, and even back then, it was it's crazy, even though this was before Blu-ray, DVD, you know, everything like that, um, how much detail, and I think that's what Walt Disney did so well, is they put so much detail in so many aspects of the scenery, of the animals and everything, that... I mean, I don't even know if you would have been able to see it back then, but because they, you know, the animators were so passionate and because Walt Disney was such a perfectionist, there's just so many little details that you, I, I found myself constantly being like, I cannot believe this movie's like, what, 90, almost 90 years old? I forget exactly how many years, but just how long it's been since it came out. And yet on Blu-ray, it still holds up so amazingly well. I think I tweeted something about it. Because um, I was just blown away constantly with how many details there were in every little scene, and yet back then they didn't have any concept of, you know, 4K TV or Blu-ray, and the fact that it holds up so amazingly well, all these years later, in a format that they couldn't even have probably imagined that we'd have such crisp images, is a you know real testament to, um, you know, what Walt Disney did for animation. Well, I just find, like, you watch a movie like The Fox and the Hound, right? That came out in right. early 80s, I think. And you watch a movie like Lilo and Stitch, which was one of the last hand-drawn Disney animations, right? I think, well, technically, I think it was the Frog Prince, Princess and the Frog, and then Home on the Range was before well, that. Well, it's on the, ta- the, it's on the tail one. end, either way. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I think quality-wise, they have a different, you know, color, you know, you know, they have a different style and different color scheme, but they look detail-wise pretty similar, and that's, there's a 30-year difference between those. Um, so that, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think it's one, I think we probably are. Do you think we're reaching, like, the the peak of what you can do with with animation? Like, how much further is with there to CG, go? Like, 
I mean, I think there's always, I, I don't know, I guess we'll see when the new Avatar comes out. I think that'll be the next big. Oh, with CGI, sure. Here. That's, yeah, CGI, there's yeah. way more to go. But with animation, like, there's times where I'm like, I really don't know how they could make this look any better. Incredibles 2 was like, it looked incredible. But I guess I'd say, I don't know, I, I initially didn't have an interest in seeing it, but I recently went and saw, I finally went and saw it, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. And that was some, number one, it's a fantastic movie. I don't know if they just didn't have much of a marketing budget, but I didn't even hear about it. It was just a word of mouth kind of thing. And I kept seeing it win all these awards and stuff. But I would say that's probably the biggest step in animation I've seen. And not like in the terms of like, oh, photorealistic, because it wasn't. It was very cartoony. But just the, it's it's hard to even put into words. Like I kept finding myself just being blown away when I was watching it. Because the the artistic direction, I guess you would say, was something I've I don't feel like I've ever seen in a, in a movie before, and I kept as I was watching it, I kept thinking like, how did they even do this? I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, like, but I, they changed yeah, like animation like styles enough, like multiple times throughout the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I can watch something like Toy Story because I have a tiny bit of a background in like um, CG in a doing like animated stuff. Um, I can be like I can look at it and go, okay, I understand how textures work, I understand how lighting works and how rigging works and all that. But I kept finding myself in Spider Verse going, how did they do that without it taking a, a quadrillion years to compose a single shot and scene? So I think it's more going to be style sure. than like technology when it comes to animation, because there will be a point where it's like the next Avatar. I'm sure will look. Yeah, I think the original Avatar still holds up in terms of its CGI, and I think the next one's just going to blow it away that much more. See, CGI... So it'll be more artistic. CGI still always looks fake to me. Like, I, I don't know. Pretty much always. It's like... It's not like I'm thinking, like, oh, that looks CGI, but it's still really obvious what is and what isn't. Wouldn't you agree? See, that's where Lion King... That's where Jungle Book blew me away, because I didn't really know much about it going in, but I was like... I kept thinking, okay, that that river has to be at least a real river or that rock or I don't know, whatever. There were just so many scenes that were so lifelike. And then I found out that just how much was it, you know, it was all it was all green screen aside from the kid. And maybe they would build like a like a, a life size version of Baloo or something for him to hold on. But don't to. you think, you know, don't you think that that movie somewhat benefits from the CGI elements not having to contrast, like, right next to... You know what I mean? You're not throwing... You know, like, there are the live-action elements, sure, but you're not throwing up a live-action background and then trying to paste in CGI background. Like, the whole thing is CGI, so it's like... You almost get lost in it. It's like Resident Evil 2, when I'm playing that, it looks amazing and the backgrounds look amazing, but if they had to have a section where you're walking through, you know an actual police station or whatever it would it would the 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 difference would be obvious so it's way harder to blend something in than just to have not to say that i mean jungle book looked amazing i think i said that on my last or on the last episode but i just feel like it's much harder it just blew me away because i i didn't realize that we were that far in and even in avatar you know the environment some of the environments are incredible looking i guess with the jungle but i see what you mean where it's not really having to um go up against too many live action elements there's a few but not many 
but and I'd be curious to see if you were to. But I just remember I saw it twice in theaters, and both times I was just blown away by how realistic the environment looked, knowing that there were very very few actual practical things that they put in the movie. You know, if he had a vine in his hand or the ground or whatever. But um, yeah, so I think stylistically is probably where things will have to turn. And the same thing with hand-drawn. I think hand-drawn animation reached its peak, and then that's why some movies like Aladdin, where they started to play around with mixing computerized elements, I think the cave of, when they're escaping from the cave of wonders, that was, or even carpet, I'm pretty sure he wasn't, it was like a hybrid, if I remember right, like it were even Beauty and the Beasts with the ballroom scene. That's where they started to push, you know, the line between hand-drawn and computer animation and kind of blending the two and in those movies you don't I mean, at least i don't notice that i actually didn't know that i thought those were completely tan drawn never looked into the like the, when they're when, and i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure when beast and bell are entering the ballroom that was one of the first cg like animation hybrid scenes in a disney movie i could be wrong but i know that they started experimenting with that and yeah, it looks amazing. It it doesn't quite look CGI, but I think they add a layer of animation of hand drawn animation to it, so it doesn't stick out. But it allowed them to do more movement, realistic movement, and play around with um, different aspects. I'm surprised of it. we stayed on. Like usually, when we start out with one topic, by the end we're talking about something completely different. But here we're I still kind of talking about the same thing. That's because I don't know. I've always found animation, in particular, like super fascinating and i think it's especially nowadays i don't even know when we'll see another hand-drawn animated movie because they're just such a risk because that's not what the kids want to see oh i think we'll see a bunch now i mean spider-verse was a massive hit i mean but it wasn't hand-drawn that's what i'm saying i haven't seen it i thought parts of it were hand-drawn there might have been a blending of the two but i mean like i guess i'll rephrase like i don't know when the next time we'll see a tradition like a traditionally hand-drawn feature-length animated movie like The Frog and the Princess because I feel like it's just like even with um oh, what was it that I recently saw oh it was um Mary Poppins Returns mm-hmm. and the scene where they go into the the bowl that was all hand-drawn animation and there was an article I was reading where the director had to like fight tooth and nail with um I guess it would have been Disney to do hand-drawn animation and they rejected it at first. They were like, no, we're going to do it CG. And he just really, really pushed to have that. And I don't know if you saw the movie, but to have that entire sequence. I, I haven't seen drawn. it, but it seems bizarre because I'm assuming the sequel has a scene just like the original. Yeah, where they jump into it. It seems bizarre they would want to make that CG, like especially with a movie like that where you, really you're appealing to the people cheaper. that like the... I mean, I suppose, but... That's that was their reason. It was it's but that movie's claim to fame is nostalgia, you know. Like, so you'd think you would want to tread lightly. At least I I would think so. Well, that's just an example of sometimes higher ups don't really know what audiences sure. want because yeah, I mean the average person probably wouldn't care, but people like me, I saw that and I was but like, that's the holy thing. cow, that's that's hand drawn. And then when I read that they wanted to make it CG and the director had to really fight to make it hand-drawn. I thought that was a great example but of that's how the issue. sometimes you just got to trust your Ten director. years ago, the average person 
wouldn't care and as a result 99% of people would never notice or know but now it's not the average people that are going to turn it into a you know something trending on Twitter or Facebook and then everybody knows about it and then all of a sudden you've got this huge controversy over really nothing to Disney you know like the decision and that's that's what's kind of crazy is the word controversy could be used for something like that now but there, right. somebody would the people that don't like it and the diehards are going to be the ones that get that no you know have the average moviegoer hearing about it on Facebook or Twitter, yeah. so they kind of have to cater to those people now. I feel, and I would consider myself among those people when it comes to certain things. You know, yeah. Well, I was surprised too that from what I read that it was such a like I could see the studio saying, "Hey, we want to do it CG," and the director saying. No, I want to do it hand-drawn. And they go, okay, I see what you mean. But from what I read, it was really like him. He really had oh, to Oh, I'm glad he stuck to his guns. To, that's, you know, uh, especially yeah. against Disney. Because that's the, to me, that's, you know, it sounds corny, but kind of the magic of hand-drawn animation is that it's imperfect. It's not, you know, it's not perfect. There, you can see imperfections in the, in the um, characters as they move around. And, you know, you can always tell in a scene what object is going to be moved mm-hmm. because, you know, they do the backgrounds a certain way. And if it's a book that's going to be taken off the shelf, it was always super obvious because they had to draw it a certain way. Otherwise, they would have had to, you know, redraw the entire background every oh, single human. frame. And you don't you know? get a lot of that yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would agree. But I do want to talk about E.T., so I don't want to go on this for mm-hmm. another, like, 40 minutes just because I want to get to E.T. Um because I wanted to talk about this last week, but it was still up in the air. Right. Um, so I will let you intro it because I don't know what you want to say about ET. Well, I just, um, you know, as everyone know, or I, don't I know, feel like a lot of people don't the, know this. Actually, I'm surprised yeah. it didn't get more. So basically, um, I would recommend going to Orlando Park Stop to get the full um, story on everything. But basically, a couple of weeks ago, there was this rumor flying around the internet that. A kid lost his foot on E.T., like that it was ripped from his ankle. Um, And it was, you know, kind of backed up by some texts, I guess. Um, But basically what it came down to is that there was, I think he was 15, I want to say. They was riding E.T. I'm not sure if he was goofing around. I'm not sure if he just had his foot out. were I don't I don't know those I don't know if anyone knows those specifics because I'm not I guess what I'm I don't know if he was doing something that he shouldn't have or if it was just a freak accident but either way his foot got caught and it um he had a really severe fracture and had to be taken to the hospital um I'm sure more details will come out and sounds I want to get too into the kind of the graphic detail of it but um but Suffice to say, now the loading, um, the offloading of the ride is completely different where it used to be that you would be on the, you know, the ride vehicles and you would just pull into the load unloading station and your bars would go up and you get off the ride. And now what they do because of this incident where you arrive to the unloading station and then they address your vehicle specifically, you know, please make sure to keep your, you know, hands arms and feet feet hands and arms and feet inside and i guess they actually even you know use like a flashlight or something to check and make sure like everyone has 
their themselves properly seated and then it pulls up into the station and because of this um and i noticed this when i went last week where normally even on a busy day et rarely gets above 25 minutes half an hour and i'm in like on like a saturday or in the summer and it was i think 55 when i went there and so days where normally it would be a five or 10 minute wait it's I think consistently over half an hour because instead of the thing pulling to the station, they have to stop it, tell the guests what to do and then check it and then pull in. So what I'm curious to know is if this is going to be like that from now on, or if they're going to have to close it down and maybe reconstruct the way it comes into the station. You would hope so. Because, yeah, because that was always kind of part of its charm is that it was always such a short wait because it has such a high hourly load capacity and the fact that it would become now like a bare minimum half hour ride wait time kind of su- kind of sucks. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what we know about it at this point. I mean, I bet the, the worker or the workers that are stuck with E.T., um, are not happy with that person now that they have to do that every time somebody gets off the ride. It's pretty crazy if that because I don't I don't are any details out about how exactly it happened or. Uh, I mean, not to my where? knowledge. From what I from what I understand it. Oh, well, again, I don't. I just know that it was a like a I think at fifteen. I want to say a teenager, and somehow his foot got caught in the like the space between like the platforms. Um, I don't know how many, what all the specifics are, but um, I'd be curious to ride it again myself, which I will do in the next few weeks, I'm sure, and see if, you know, if if the because I'm five nine, so I feel like that's an average height, and I'm sure I don't know how tall this 15 year old was, but like if I were to really stick out my foot, would it get caught, or maybe if the person had kind of gotten out, or maybe I, I'm not sure. I'd have to really kind of look at it in a different way getting off the ride from what i've heard it wasn't really a freak accident like like as in like it you know something failed you know obviously but it's kind of crazy that the ride has been around for 30 years now and if it really was that easy to happen it's never happened before like to a lesser extent where like somebody doesn't almost lose a foot um that was my exact thought was this ride's been around for so many years that if it wasn't something, and again, not trying to say it was the guy's fault or I think it was a guy. Um, Cause for all I know, it was a freak accident. I have no idea, but yeah, if it's, I mean, it's been around for almost 30 years, I think. And the idea that it took 30 years for this to happen, you know, cause usually those things do happen quicker, especially with, you know, kids are always goofing off on rides so you would think that within 30 years, if it was something that was easy to do on accident, that it would have happened. So uh, that's why I'm really curious to see if more information will come up or like what you texted. You were like, oh, I wonder if they're liable. That'll be a big thing, too. Like if the cart just swung one way or I don't know. Uh, that's why, like I said, I'm going to ride it and I'm not going to try. I'm going to try <laughs> to put my foot out there. But I want to see like. You know, just kind of make that visual like, oh, I guess I could see how this might happen. But, yeah, for it to be an ac- a complete accident, I don't know. Because you would think That's it would That's what I mean. Like, it, it almost years. had to be 
like a goof off i'm gonna do this gone wrong like it could have just i just don't see how unless the person was like absurdly tall or something so you know only a small amount of people that have ever been on it had yeah. that I, I don't know i I'm, I'm thinking of writing it last year and i i guess i can't even really visualize what happened even though i wrote it just a year yeah. ago but it also could be and one thing i thought of is you know it could have been um a shoelace it could have been a pant leg you know i don't know if we know exactly what got That's caught true. other than just his foot but it could be you know like i said pants or his shoelace or um maybe the bar you know maybe the the seat restra- restraint came up a little sooner and so he started to get off a little earlier than he would have because there are some rides where you could get off technically before the ride comes to a complete stop. And there are you tons know? of rides you could jump out whenever um, you want, but <laughs> it doesn't mean you should. Like I've, yeah, like like Jungle Cruise, I've always been surprised. There's, ne- there's never been well, anyone or pirates who's gotten or like a, anything like that. I think there's videos of people jumping yeah. off pirates and jumping onto the, uh, or it's a small world, or I mean any of those rides, you could just jump off whenever you want. Yeah. But at that point, that's just kind of that's kind of on you. I gotta wonder. I bet the people that were behind that person must have been stuck on the ride for hours oh, or an hour at least or anyone well they probably i would imagine they would have quickly evacuated it and had everyone go through the typical evacuation route because um i don't think they would have kept anyone how would on you there, get how would you get people off of et though can they back it up do you think because they obviously couldn't drop people off at the end there's there's all kind i mean i don't know about et in particular but um there's all kinds of um, exit. Uh, in a lot of rides, there's usually like a lot of stuff you don't really see. There's a sure. lot of exits that you can be led out to. It's not like you have to go all the way to the beginning of the ride. There's usually, you know, ways for then maintenance crews and cleanup, uh, you know, janitorial services to come in. Um, but aren't you a little high off the ground? I mean, not super high off the ground, but enough where like they'd have to. I I don't know. It depends on the. That's part. what I mean. There's. I mean, I think in ET, like, there's a big. I maybe I know this because I've sat on the right side, but there's a big catwalk. Yeah, I remember that right along. Um, so I think I think they have it figured out to where they wouldn't have to. Well, what about for like think of a ride like Forbidden Journey? And I guess that's different because I can't think of something that would happen where they couldn't still unload guests. You know, But, but like ET, it's such like a small unloading area. When something like that happens, they can't drop somebody off when there's you know, especially if you know right yeah like forbidden journey if that happened and you were upside down you'd be upside down for i suppose like if there really was something terrible that happened at the end of this there'd have to be a way for them to get you down like i mean but but et i'm just thinking like they'd have have to go to each person individually wouldn't they if they couldn't move the ride i'm wondering if they can just back the ride up and drop people off at the entrance you know no i don't think they could and even then they wouldn't have done that because then it would have affected whatever the situation was but usually there's a way to just get off the ride that's why there is like a platform and um i don't know i'm sure someone who has worked on the ride could answer this question a little more because i'm kind of guessing but to my knowledge there's ways to whether it's a catwalk or whether they put up a loading ramp or like a ramp for you to walk down there's ways to avoid having to you know but what i'm surprised and not to sound morbid but that you know, in the days of everyone has a cell phone, everyone has a video, or everyone has the capability to film or take pictures, that because of the severity of this thing that none ever came out, not that there should, because obviously I don't 
think that's right that when there's an accident you should just post everything and you know not take into account the people that are actually going through the pain um and privacy stuff but i'm just surprised that no photos or video popped up of someone behind him to the sure. right to the left you yeah know. me too i mean i guess in this day and i age. guess with et it's probably the best bet that it's not going to happen just because at the exit there's way fewer people from what i remember than most other rides like like forbidden journey you've got the whole waiting in line crowd right behind you um i'm trying to remember like do you do you exit at a completely different spot than you get on on et or is it just like a little segment in between it's a different it's a different spot it's like a little behind um yeah it's a different section and right now well they might have changed it but i know for a while one of the other reasons it was going so slow or that the wait times were so large is because they um were only operating one side of the track i'm not sure if that's been changed since then but i know i was shocked when i saw it like at 55 minutes and then i read on february too yeah that on um orlando park stop that the procedures were different it's like oh that makes sense but hopefully they do something about it and i'm just glad that universal didn't use it as like an excuse that to was my word rid of it i think they still could use it that way though if it's like not, not that they would use that as leverage but i'm saying like if they feel like they need to change something that's going to cost x amount of money they might just say well here's our reasoning just to cut it you know is that is there yeah. is that oh my gosh is the rumor that i don't know if it's a rumor actually which is why i'm asking but that Steven Spielberg said he would cut ties with them if they close it. Is that true or is that just hearsay? You know, I've heard that from so many different people, but I've yet to come across any actual evidence of it. That when I did my, um, oh, what video was it for? Nah, I did some movie where I referenced E.T. I don't remember why or what, but I was referencing it because it was one of the last attractions. And I think it's the last ride in all of Universal Studios, original ride from the very beginning. Um, and and that's like not, so many comments were saying, oh, he has a deal with them, or he said he would, he was so furious when they closed Jaws that if they got rid of E.T., he would do something. But I don't know. I, I'd love to see where the evidence is or have Spielberg call me up himself and tell me. Uh, I would love to talk to him anyways. But, you know, like as now, I don't think there's any – I've never seen any evidence well, I just, of that. I just I, wonder, I if, like, if they want to do something serious with that end of the park, I mean, I suppose they could put the entrance just past E.T., but it well, would make way more sense to have the entrance, like, when you turn left past, like, the Simpsons end. Well, that's, if you, uh, if you look it up, um, when, before there was the whole Fantastic World new um third gate theme park when it was going to be nintendo land if you look at the not blueprints but like the planned layout of the land you can tell they were uh like it was right up against et so it was pretty obvious that they were doing everything they could to make sure that that wasn't touched and it was so like when you look at it it just seemed like it would have been really that's what i was yeah to have yeah so then that does maybe lend credit to them like if they're going so out of their way to avoid getting rid of it because you can tell in the concept art it's really in an inconvenient spot like way down at the tail end i don't know i think it also there would be a there would be a riot you know people were 
mad enough when Jaws. That's, but what wasn't left, Jaws but, more? And I guess I'm just speaking from what I remember. Jaws had to have been more beloved than ET, right? Like, actually, it's kind of weird to me that um, ET is the last one of everything that was there. ET is the I don't one because Jaws. I think it's because. You know, Jaws is technically a horror movie, so I think it's less kids that enjoy Jaws. Um, I think the thing with E.T. is that, number one, it's such... I I love the... I think it's one of my favorite Spielberg movies, but it's such a a family-friendly ride, and the fact that it's very similar to Peter Pan, where it's like such a unique dark ride experience, that I think it just has this weird place that even though jaws you know is an amazing movie and everyone was so upset when the ride left i don't know maybe it's because it um you know technically the version that was there was not the original version you know because when universal opened that all these problems with all the animatronic sharks and so it was only open a few months i think before they closed it for three years two or three years and then reopened it so maybe that's another reason that technically it has been updated since that version whereas et like you said the other day you can tell that one has not changed oh yeah <laughs> like hardly that's at what all makes, that's what I, that's why it, i like it like if they i think if they went in there and did like an overhaul or not overhaul but just like a refurb i don't think i'd like it nearly as much like i like it because it feels it like was, it hasn't yeah. been touched and it has like a charm like like when i listen to yeah, old the mannequins when i listen to old like uh i don't know like old albums and they just have really terrible like 70s or 80s production that if somebody came out with it now they would get critically like you know flamed for but because it just has like a charm even though it's not better it has a charm to it if you were to release i think it's funny because if if you were to have like a new theme park and put out a ride like et in in the state it's in it'd be laughed at because, you know, it's like these mannequins and it reminds me of the scene from Home Alone when, you know, he has all the mannequins around the house and he has like strings pulling them to look, to make it look like they're moving. Like that's kind of how the ride comes across where it's just so old, like I don't, just all the figures are just like generic mannequins. And, um, but that's what's the, the I, I don't know, but that's the that, that is, it, but I, what I like you, is yeah. it almost feels like, and you know, maybe this isn't the case, but man, some of those scenes feels like, they haven't been touched in 15 years. Like, nobody's yeah. even went back there and tidied them up. Like, that's just how some of those those scenes feel. Like, there's, like, this smell. And everyone talks about the smell in the yeah. woods. But the smell on the ride I is just, like... Smell. Like, man, did they just, like... Is, there, is it, like, moldy underneath everything? Uh, you know? I, I don't know if I should be breathing yeah. this in. But I, li- but I like that. I don't know that I, that I should. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I, I mean, I vaguely or i think they're pretty much identical but i vaguely remember going on the et ride in hollywood before they um closed it and put in a half done mummy ride that i really don't enjoy because it's just it's like a fraction of what orlando's is and it wasn't until because i had been on the hollywood one a bajillion times before i finally went to florida and experienced the mummy at the florida park and i was just like Wow, I can't believe they got rid of ET. The mummy ride you know, there is I terrible. I guess I thought that, I mean, I won't say that about they, many rides, I thought but they that would one's have expanded awful. it. But but to try to fit the mummy ride into that tiny show building was I don't know, it just kind of spoiled me. So now if I ever go back to once I went back to LA, 
and I wrote it, I was just, I couldn't even enjoy it really because it lacked so many of the elements of the Florida version that made it so cool. So, I suppose what Universal likes about that one is from what I remember, it's way less tied to the movie, like plot wise. Like it's just, most of it's just like yeah, really generic. Yeah. Like, cause True. I hadn't been to yep. the, I don't know when that one opened, I guess, but I hadn't been to Universal Hollywood before and I hadn't done any like looking into it. So when we went on that a couple of years ago, the mummy ride there. All I remembered is being a kid and thinking the mummy roller coaster was like the best ride there. And I wrote it and I was like, mm-hmm. like I thought like I just must have had like some terrible children nostalgia goggles on or something because I was like that I, I, that was probably that was one of the worst rides I've ever been on. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic, at least when it comes to like universal rides. It was really bad. The, the, the Hollywood, Hollywood one, the movie. one in Orlando is probably my favorite ride there. Yeah. It's just too short. Like, be, by the time you're finally kind of getting into it, it's ended. And even the ending seems like a mistake because yeah. it's just a flash. Like, he, there's no story. I remember story. being like, and wait, like, it's over? Yeah. I, I, was, I was shocked. I was like, yeah. wait, that, uh, okay. A big Guess I'm flash of now. light. Because there's no narrative. That's the thing. Like, the Orlando version, and I, I mean narrative loosely, but, you know, you begin in the treasure chamber and you have all those mummies. And, like, there's more of a it's a complete experience whereas the one in hollywood it's just very not half done it's almost like they just took a quarter of mm-hmm. the ride in florida and did it as well as they could but because the quarter of the ride didn't really amount to anything because it didn't have any of the cool elements like the treasure room and the mummy figures and the fake ending and all of that stuff um yeah, I, I honestly would not be surprised is if in the near future they just get rid of Hollywood's Hollywood's. Oh, mummy. totally. That I ride wouldn't is, be surprised. I can't think of what else would be next to go. That ride has to be next to go. I mean, it's it's tied to. I mean, when it comes to IPs, is there really anything in any of the Universal parks that's more? Because I love those movies, but yeah, those movies are like very dated by now like not necessarily the movies but like they haven't had any lasting power to a lot of people so like when you go there it is weird that the mummy returns is like a flagship attraction there i think well i think they hoped that the new mummy would do well and they were probably gonna oh sure try to revamp I mean, you it live there but, so you know. i'm sure you had been there at the time but when i was in orlando last which was about a year ago um i remember the whole gift shop was just covered in tom cruise mummy stuff so yeah. i was like oh so they're gonna change it but then that movie i never saw it so i can't say it was terrible but you know i know it bombed critically and commercially yeah. so i i've seen enough reviews and and again i guess i technically can't say anything because i haven't seen it but i've seen enough thorough reviews especially on channels like red letter media and i've just talked to enough people who have seen it that it really just seemed that they were just trying to get aboard the whole Marvel world building universe. And they spent more time trying to set up the universe than they did try to actually make a good standalone film. And the characters just, you know, Tom Cruise was miscast and um, yeah, there's a ton of issues with it, but, but yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Hollywood one at some point, what about Orlando becomes something else. How about Orlando? Do you think, I mean, I, I would love to see it stick around, but it does even to me, who loves those movies, think... it feels doesn't it feel a little weird? Like, not for me, but maybe it's just because I don't know. Um, I don't think it'll go away anytime soon, just because they spent, uh, you know, quite a while redoing the entrance to the Mummy, where the new entrance is, or the 
how I'm phrasing this, the old entrance is where the lockers are now. And so the new entrance is completely in a different spot and they redid that whole area. So I don't think they would have done that if they were planning on getting rid of it anytime soon. And I think that'd be a massive overhaul to have to get rid of something like that. Because that that whole show building is just like a centerpiece. But I, I, I don't know why that movie in particular feels weird. Men in Black doesn't feel weird because, I mean, the the ride feels dated in a completely different way. But I don't think the IP is the that problem. That one feels really dated to me for some reason. Like, every time I ride it... But do you think the IP I is the issue? Thinking, I don't think it's the IP. I think it's just very stuck in... I enjoy the original Men in Black movies. It's just always kind of... I think with that one, they'll probably just eventually get rid of certain nods to the movies and make it more of like an... Like an generic men that's what i think i think they'll just update Um, it i think with that ride the the ip isn't the issue it's the ride itself is just it feels very dated at this point um versus like the mummy the ride is amazing still i think but i don't know why the mummy in particular because it's based on it's called the the mummy returns right um yeah but like versus like that ride doesn't it feels a little the ride doesn't but the ip feels dated versus like men in black is still an ongoing franchise the Mummy had the second movie, right. and then the third one was just god awful, and then that's it. So yeah. now it's been. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of why it feels different to me. Yeah, I mean, I could see them. I don't know. It's it's hard to say what. I think they're prior. I think mainly what it comes down to is all of their energy is in their new third gate park. So I don't think we're gonna see too much. Aside from whatever, I think it's like the Born Identity show or whatever that's going into where Terminator was. What? They're doing I don't a expect Born? we'll see. What? That is bizarre. Uh, last I last I heard, it's like some kind of Born Identity stunt show, or maybe it's not the Born Identity, but it has to do with the, that movie franchise. But that was a few months ago. I heard that. Um, but other than that, I think all of their energy is going to be in this new third gate the fantastic world so and obviously like the harry potter coaster so i think you know the mummy is safe for the time being you think they were holding on to t2 to see how uh the newest terminator did and then when that bombed they were just like all right let's call it i feel like i even i feel like yeah i feel like i even heard a rumor and i i could be making this up on accident but i feel like i did hear a rumor that they were hoping that the new one would do super well and that they were going to revamp it into, you know, like the new generation, but it didn't do all that well and people weren't fans of it. So, but I'd ha- I could be completely wrong. I, don't, I'm, I just remember for some reason hearing a rumor about that. Well, I would, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised. I, I was shocked that that was still around. I, I don't know. When I went on it, it just, I love T2. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But that ride was one where it, I didn't think it felt dated in the sense that I think that movie's timeless, but it felt like they just completely neglected it. Like, it, like half the stuff, like I remember the the platform where the guy comes out of the motorcycle did not yeah. work at all, so he just walked out onto the stage. Yeah, it, I feel like that's the case with a lot of attractions where it gets to the point, and even E.T., I mean, I guess luckily it has the nostalgia charm aspect, but when you have screen-based attractions and stuff, you get to a point where it's like, okay, either update it or something. Um, for me, that's kind of the instance with Phil, um, Phil, uh, Phil Her Magic in uh, Magic Kingdom. 
I love that attraction, but they have to replace those projectors and the screens because it looks pretty bad. Um, they need to like do a 4K remaster and have new screens or something because I don't know if you wrote it when you went down last, but it's just it does not look <laughs> very good right I noticed now. That with a lot of rides, the like it. the Buzz Lightyear, um, Space Ranger Spin or whatever, at the very end, yeah, where like you know you you I, I don't know what you're doing, but you get out of there and there's like that little like hallway, you know, you know what I'm talking about? It looks yeah. horrible or it looked horrible when I was there. And it was just, it's like, I mean, I'm sure it's not cheap, but by Disney standards, it has to be a pretty cheap fix, right? To Probably. upgrade that. I would imagine. Um, yeah. But one thing before I forget, and I actually wanted to end on this cause I think it's a kind of ties back into what we were saying earlier. And I, I think it'd be kind of fun to, uh, I guess it ha- the it have to be aside from um, aside from Aladdin and Lion King since we already talked about those. If you could have any Disney animation and it can be CG or the old school hand drawn, if it could be turned into a dark ride, what do you think would make a really interesting ride, like a Winnie the Pooh or a you know? Does it have to be realistic? Um, you know, like a di- like no. as in they would actually ever do it. No, just like something that you think would make, you know, that you could see, like for me, like my idea for the Aladdin ride where I could see them, how it could be done, you know, but like in terms of would they do it? No, it could be the most obscure. Well, Aladdin is kind of realistic. I could see that. I could see that happening at some point. My choice would be Atlantis. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but it's mm, awesome. Yeah. They almost did make a ride on, they were supposed to, and there's concept art and everything. But then the movie bombed. And yep. then, I mean, they they exactly. already had like a whole... Uh, TV show planned out, and then they just like made the episodes into like a a terrible sequel that didn't tie together at all. Um, but Atlantis yeah. would be awesome. I love that movie. There were two attractions. There was one in Magic Kingdom that was supposed to. I mean, I did a whole video on it, but you know, it was going to be this really crazy, amazing like roller coaster ride. And there's concept art on the internet that you can find um, that was brought to. Uh, attention by uh, Walt Disney World News Today and it's just incredible looking it would have been such a fun ride and even in Disneyland I didn't know this until a few weeks ago but they were supposed to make the submarine voyage an Atlantis ride and it got so far into development and I guess this was a miscommunication between Imagineers and management that one day like they actually put this awning over the subs and it said something about like a new attraction coming soon. So it was really close. And then of course management found out and had them tear it down because they'd already canceled the the ride by then, but it was really close to becoming a ride in both parks. There's there's a lot of animations that like, I think, I think Hercules it's Hercules is a franchise that I guess I can see why it doesn't have a full fledged ride, but it's bizarre. Like I feel like that movie has like no representation in the parks at all. And Hercules is pretty popular from what I remember, unless it was a secret bomb and I don't realize it, but I remember loving that no. movie as a kid, and I think that movie did pretty well. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Bolt. That's another one yeah. where like yeah. I loved that movie growing up, and I would love to see a ride based on it. But it's almost like there's no reason to talk about it because it would never happen. Yeah, not nowadays. Her- Hercules. But I, I agree. Both of those Atlantis rides would have been really cool if they'd been because I liked it. I liked Atlantis growing up. I'd I'd have to revisit it, um, because I, I I barely remember 
like the whole movie. I just watched it maybe a year ago, and I was surprised how well it held up because I remember seeing it in theaters like when I was like a really young kid, and I loved it when it came out. But I don't. Nobody ever talks about that movie. Like it's really underrated. I forget why it bombed. Because I remember Treasure Planet didn't do that well, and I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Treasure Planet, but I do remember. I mean, I remember having like toys for Atlantis, and I remember the movie. Um, even all these years later, so it had some impression. I was going to say I remember having. But toys I don't for remember Treasure why Planet. it bombed. I had tons of Treasure Planet toys, and I didn't even like that movie. I think they had McDonald's toys, if you remember those. Yeah. I'm not sure why Atlantis bombed. I'll have to look into because yeah, they, there were so many plans for different rides and the fact that they went so far into development um, but at that time weren't i mean you know like we talked about earlier it was the tail end of the tandron and a lot of those movies were bombing like the the cg that was the new that was the new hot thing you know you know pixar was right every movie they put out was a huge success so i mean there's your like other than lilo and stitch which did really well but it still was not like the top grossing movie of the year or anything other than Lilo and Stitch, I right. think pretty much every hand-drawn Disney movie from that era either bombed or just did okay. True. I was going to say, like, oh, I was going to say, I'm surprised that you didn't say Lilo and Stitch as your attraction. And then I thought, oh, nope, there was a ride. I, just, I always forget about that I actually didn't think about that, but I don't think Lilo and Stitch would work so hot as a dark ride. Um, no. I think Lilo and Stitch not. is a great IP to build a ride around because... I mean, I'm talking to Disney execs right now. If you're listening, and they know this, Stitch is like, if you want to sell merch, Stitch is your man. So I would be surprised if we Which don't see another Stitch ride they at some haven't... point. Yeah, and that's why I wouldn't... It'd be a really weird... It'd be so bizarre if they were all of a sudden like, all right, we're going to build a Lilo and Stitch ride, but a different one. We're not going to just shoehorn it into another format of a ride that was abandoned. Because it is such a has that know, ever happened he's before? Such insanely popular character. Where a ride based on a popular IP closed down, and they opened up another ride based on the same IP. Mm, I know they've done it with shows. Well, sure. Like, where a show's done really well, and then they close it and do a much bigger show. With a ride, I don't think so. But that'd be that'd be pretty hilarious if it's like they announce a new Stitch ride, but even though we just closed the one. But that they were put in a corner. They really couldn't do much with the format that that was, and they would have needed so much more space. But I think a lot of Disney movies would work well in the um, in the Little Mermaid format of you know the like a like a very advanced dark ride where it's short and sweet, but it tells a story and it's a fun ride. You could do that with a, a ton I think of. It's forms. just at this point, Disney's like drowning in IPs that would be great to make a ride around i mean why go back to the old ones at this point i wish they would but to them it's like why make a why make a ride about tarzan when you can make a ride about frozen you know yeah and they're on the the star wars train and the frozen train right now anyway so it makes sense um but no i guess i think that's probably a good enough place to end it i don't have any more there's nothing to my knowledge that was worth uh, bringing up. Now we covered all of our, uh, all hit all our topics. Uh, we're kind of we're kind of just working out the the podcast kinks, but so far it hasn't been uh, a total train wreck. Alrighty, well, thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, 
if you aren't subscribed already, go to YouTube.com. <laughs> Long day. YouTube.com slash Yes to World Entertainment and subscribe to the channel to see more content from me and Quinn. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time on Yes to World.